Hey everyone, welcome to All Day Radio. I'm your host, Tamara Day. And on this special episode of Bigger Than Boobs, we have a dear friend of mine whom I met on Instagram, which seems to be the going thing here with this whole series because that's just the way that we all connected. And it's the beautiful thing about social media is that we never would have thought that all these women were suffering from the same things. And prior to social media, I don't think we ever would have found each other. And it's so amazing that I can get us all into a space where we can share each other's stories. And for today's episode, um, you're really gonna see, I want, so our person today is Kelsey and she's going to basically be telling you the raw truth of what it's been like to go through this journey because I asked her to do this for me when she was just getting it done. And she'll tell you about how recent that was. Um, She's one of our most recent explantees, if you will. And so I'm really just so thankful that she's willing to share her testimony um, being kind of so new to this this walk and without further ado miss kelsey hi <laughs> hi thank you for having me i'm so happy that you asked me to be on here of course um so share with us kind of how you first decided that this was going to be something that the surgery that you were going to do and then i want to talk about how i talked you into coming on here and sharing your story because once they go to your social media By the time this has aired, maybe you'll stepped into that role. I don't know. I'm not forcing you, but you will not see anything about it. And so maybe the public wouldn't have necessarily known that you've gone through this. And so I wanted to be maybe that catalyst to help you get into that world. And if not, that's, you know, totally fine too. Not everyone walks out this crazy ass journey of telling everyone about (laughs) what we're going through. Yeah. So I did end up posting about this probably about maybe two weeks ago when I was just getting the ACE bandage off. So I kind of went through a a scenario of pictures that I went from November on and the tests I got, the doctors I saw, the outbreaks. Did you put it in your stories or your feed? It was in my stories. And then I, now it's a little circle at the bottom, you know, where you have, it's okay. Deep- that's why it's in your highlights. Yes. There in we go. Highlights. So I didn't see it on your feed and that's what I was like. I wonder if she's going to post about it. Okay. So they can find that information in, in your stories. Is that something that you're doing that on purpose? Like you don't want to have it all out there. Like, what are your feelings about it? Um, no, I absolutely have been, um, voicing what I've went through and, just kind of trying to open other people's eyes. I'm in a lot of like feed. You know, has anyone been through this? Am I freezing? (laughs) I was just about to yell at you, but I didn't want to stop you, but you low key were stuck in like a whole position. I didn't hear any of that. Okay. okay yay for Wi-Fi. These are the joys of my Wi-Fi. Come upstairs, and my upstairs Wi-Fi extender apparently doesn't do what it's supposed to. I'm gonna move closer to the door. Let's see if it works. Okay. We shall. Oh, there goes. We want to hear you at the end of the day. That's the most important thing. This whole visual thing is just for people to see who you are. But okay. I definitely want the story to get out there. Technical difficulties, people. This is what happens when you're in a a Zoom era. And she's in North Carolina. So, you know, a little bit off the distance from LA. A little, just on the opposite side of the country. Just a little hop, skip, and a plane ride. Okay, hopefully this helps. I literally moved down the end of the desk. So maybe that'll help because I'm closer to the middle. Like two feet, but okay. Lord help us. Okay, here we go. Tell us again that story because I heard one word out of it. Okay, well, I forgot the question because, uh, you know. Okay, I asked basically, are you keeping things off your feed intentionally or is it just that you posted it in your stories and you're kind of just not in a... Because you guys have to know, like, 
I'd say 50%, if not less, of the women that I'm interviewing for this series are, are like not visible, like not, what is the word? Like social media is not your main thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm not just interviewing models and, and entertainment people. Like the, I'm talking to real women that have gone through this experience off camera off showing it to the world. I was the weirdo that like walked everyone through the surgery. Like, I don't even know why I had that pull to do it, but I was like, God, if I have this platform, I guess I'm going to just show everything. And what do I have to lose? So yeah, not everyone's going to take that same, that same route, but I think it's so important that they know you, I mean, yeah, you take some bomb photos and you do some modeling, but that's not your main thing. Like you have a career, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So tell us what you do kind of and, and what led you to even getting the, the implants. Cause I, I know that you did bodybuild, right. And you competed. Yeah. Um, did you have them while you competed? No, I had the luxury of being full of milk. So it looked like I had breast implants. So, um, yeah. no, <laughs> I didn't. I competed the, all of my competitions. I literally was nursing. So you do what <laughs> you do not hear that. everything. Yes. So I got asked that a lot though. They're like, are your boobs real? I was like, yeah, they're actually full of milk and they're engorged. So this is great. They look was it your first or second child. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> so after, you know, I nursed them both. That's kind of when it literally was like a deflated balloon. Obviously yeah. I nursed two kids back to back. They're barely 18 months apart. Um, get it. So basically that was my thought, you know, I didn't think a lift. I thought we have to fill it up because there's extra skin. So did you already have, this is a question that I kind of go across the board with women and I love hearing their stories on this was your, need or desire to get them based upon being in that industry? Or did you already have that notion like years prior? Like for me, I always knew I wanted boobs since I was younger. I just didn't know about implants until I got into the bodybuilding world and then was like told basically that you should do it. So I will say I did model some without them, but it definitely had a influence in me like pulling the trigger on actually getting them, you know, Mm -hmm. um, not the whole reason, but definitely played a part because think of the modeling world and Mm -hmm. what you see, Mm -hmm. um, obviously you're like, okay, well I have this. And you know, you're muscular, like they'll see on your page, like Kelsey and I are built very similarly, like brick houses and we don't have scrawny arms. And I think when people think about like carrying any type of size in your breast, like when you're thinner up top, it doesn't look as, you know, proportionate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hate to use that word because that was such a like strong word they used in the bodybuilding world that got me so off like myself, you know, (laughs) but, um, you, you frozen. I didn't hear what you said. Am I freezing? Okay. Yeah. Um, here, hold on. Okay. I'll repeat it uh, for you, but I think they heard it. So, uh, basically like the idea of getting them, you know, you hear this word proportionate in the bodybuilding community a lot. And especially like as a competitive person, I definitely wanted to get to the top. So I was like, I'm going to do what it takes. And so that was, you know, my idea of getting them. But I think deep down, I always kind of knew I was going to get them regardless. And so it was just that like kind of catapult to make it happen. And it's funny. I never even competed after I got them. I just stopped competing. I was going to say, I don't remember ever seeing any competition pictures of you. No, I competed for a year straight, just like six shows back to back. And I did really well actually. But then like towards the end, I kept hearing like, if you want to go to that top level, like there's some things that need to change. One of them was, um, conditioning my lower body more, AKA like getting rid of my butt. I was like, but then I won't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing here. Nothing here. Yeah. I couldn't deal with that. I already had so many demons in my head about my boyish figure growing mm-hmm. up that like, 
I couldn't do it. So I think once I got boobs, I was like, oh, like this is what it feels like to look more womanly or feminine. And so for the first time, I like, I was like, I don't want to get back to that lean muscular state again. So I just started like packing on the the weight. And like, that's what developed into the, I think persona online was a thicker, curvier, more muscular person. And I ran with that. And that became like my, my brand, if you will, but I never like sought out for that to be my aesthetic. Like I had never looked like that in my life. You know, I was just trying to get strong. And I think that's like probably what I think you gravitated towards in terms of like how we got to know each other because we do have such similar builds, you know? Yes. I've always, when I first reached out to you about the breast implant illness, I was like, do I tell her how long I've been following her? And like, (laughs) if you look deep into my pictures, you'll see, we have a lot of similar photos because I I I saw that the other day. I was like, wait, either we've shot with the same people or like, this is crazy. Yeah, no, we did shoot with some of the same people, but a lot of them were inspired by you. I was, I was Aww. like, this one, I like this, like, well, let's recreate this, you know? So yes, we do have similar bodies and we do have similar personalities. Although that's me just throwing it out there just from your, you know, from following yeah. as long as I have. And, um, everything. you know, what's crazy by you saying that is like, I have, the, I just got like this wash of this feeling that. And not to get real sob story, but part of my journey, like taking them out has been the realization that I contributed to like girls seeing my, my page and what I, what I present and being like, oh, she, like she has boobs. So that's something that I'm going to get. And I know you got yours prior to probably, hopefully seeing me. Yeah. Yeah. No, prior. (laughs) Okay. Thank God. (laughs) But I'm like, you know, it's, it's this whole like kind of regret that I've had to really um, just prey on and and learn to let go of is that I can only control what I was doing with my life and where I was at mentally and the things that I used to cover up all the demons that I had and the insecurities that I had. And I just look back and I'm like, wow, I hope I didn't promote that that was something that a woman needs you know I just wanted to be someone strong and someone who um, elicited like this this energy of I don't give a f what anyone's gonna say and like that was my only mo because I was I was doing it for myself and it just became this thing with other women which was a beast in itself and I'm, I'm so grateful for that but I'm also like wow I grew this platform with these things and I, mm-hmm. they were part of me. So in, in removing them, I've, I've had so much like weird feelings of guilt come up about like what I was promoting, especially like with young girls. And I know you have a daughter and we talked, you know, briefly, um, about it when you first said you were getting them out. And I just thought like, that's really what changing this generational, um, quality of of what we teach our our daughters especially and what we're showing them and with social media being what it is and our culture being what it is and media and advertising and everything just shoving fakeness down the throats of these young girls like you're actively doing something to change the prospect of her life and change the way she's going to see herself and that was the first thing that I told you when you know when you told me that you had a daughter because I was like I wish I would have been able to, cause I think, I don't know if I had told you when I had them, like I was in a, a long relationship where I was a stepmom, and I mean, I did everything I could to, to show her like to, how to be strong, how to be, um, you know, uh, courageous and, and love yourself and, and be natural. But like, you know, at the same time, I, I still had these things. So I just think back on like, what a like a role model I could have been and what want to be when I have if I'm blessed with having a child I think that like I get to now change the course of of how that's gonna look and women like you are doing that actively in their in their homes and it's such a 
a beautiful thing to, and I know you said it was a, a difficult part of explaining that to her because she didn't even know what it was in the first place. So like, what is that like? You know, you're, um, I think so far you're my first mom that I'm interviewing. So I'd love to get that perspective. Um, yeah. So like you mentioned, they didn't even know, I'm very open with both of them. I have a daughter and a son. Um, and they didn't even know they were fake. So when I tried to explain them, they were like, you're lying. And I was like, no, I'm not lying. And Um, how old are they? Seven and eight. That's crazy. They're like, we, we drank milk out of those. Yeah. I was like, you did, but not like that part. (laughs) Um, so, you know, she understands that basically the gist of it, that that was getting sick from them. And that's that, you know, I had that I was, did they witness you being sick? Yeah, but it was really, it was so close. So I, I got sick in November. I got COVID at the end of December. So it kind of all bet it up. Yeah. Wow. And, um, they definitely saw me, you know, the first time I showered, they opened the door when I was trying to unwrap myself and like, you know, you have T-Rex arms right after surgery. And I it was still can't like, believe you did it all yourself. Like you're such yeah. a rock star. It's yeah. If you guys don't know, like it's a brutal surgery to get. And I think at least for me, way harder than the implantation part of it. Like emotionally, emotionally oh, for gosh, sure. Gosh. Yeah. I think the surgery Depending on what they do. Mine was a, as he called, my doctor called it a train wreck inside. <laughs> well, there's a probably- lot of cutting, a lot of scraping, a lot of just getting shit out of there. Yeah. Well, you had leaks, didn't you? I didn't have leaks. I had those uh, implants that were recalled that shouldn't have been on the market. They were textured. And so all that was like bleeding into your bloodstream and leaking like small particles of silicone all over the body. Yeah. It's gross. Yours didn't leak or rupture, right? No. Which is so important that people know. This is something I'm going to drill into everyone's head that people are inundated with this idea that they have to be somehow physically messed up inside you to cause your body to shut down. And it's just a matter of the perfect storm of like your immune system, just being a little bit maybe taken away and doing some like focusing on something else for just long enough for your body to just go, Hey, (laughs) what are these again? And then it's like all systems shut down and everyone's systems are different. Like Mine was totally upper respiratory that was affected. Um, That was the worst part about it. Plus like the numbness of my hands and feet and my body feeling like it was 80 years old. And Mm -hmm. I lived with it for like three years. I don't know how looking back that I was able to hide that and do that. But, you know, like as soon as you know, you know, yeah, you know, and you just like, just like Tana, who I had on, um, she's going to be before you. It's like we're so attuned with our bodies though. We don't necessarily know that we are that when we're told what it could be, or we have this like knowing that that's what it is. We were like three weeks, less than three weeks, like just get it done, you know? And you made that decision fast. I remember you telling me that you were thinking of doing it. And then you're like, God, no, I I made it the appointment. Like it's happening. I was like, here we go. Yep. Yep. I just knew. I just, I just knew I was like, I can't wait for these MRI results. I can't wait for these ultrasounds. I can't wait for these appointments. And it's bullshit because they don't tell you anything anyways. I had every single test done for two years straight. I had x-rays and MRIs and CAT scans and neurological tests and blood tests and everything. And they're like, you're a bill of health. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Oh man. That's what I think that's the craziest part. And, and what so many women, you know, on here say is, is that, that feeling of like being traumatized again by people telling you that it's in your head or like, we don't at this point, my doctors were like, well, we don't know what to even say to you. Like 
you are, we can see you're dying, like you're wasting away physically, but I, we, there's nothing we can pinpoint. And I'm like, how, how are we not seeing this? Like, what is the missing thing? But I realized now, like that was my point when I reached out to, to God or whatever it was at the time. Cause I didn't have a relationship with him, but I was like on my knees going, if you just tell me what it is, I will take care of it. You know, like I didn't I, give me anything, give me a cancer, give me a brain tumor, like something that I can put my finger on so that I can handle this. And that was my, like, I heard like, take them out. And I didn't know where the hell it came from. I'm like, take what out? And then it was like the next day I, I happened to see this girl's post about breast implant illness when I had never seen those words in my entire life. So it was just like that knowing, you know, I was like, that's too coincidental. I don't know what this is, yeah. but I'm going to, you know, go down the rabbit hole for the next yeah. three days until your yeah. eyes are like black bird, black box, whatever that movie was. Bird yeah. box. Bird bo- yes. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> crazy person, you know? Yep. That's exactly how it was for me too. Um, I knew I wasn't going to keep them forever, you know? So mm-hmm. I knew, okay, I'm going to get them and maybe I'll, I'll live out the 10 years that they have the lifespan, right? Yeah. Even though they're lifetime, Life but 10 time. years mm-hmm. change them. Right. Um, it's I a nice, was, it's a nice business um, thing they have going on there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you never got them make- fixed either. So no. surgery. Yeah. I think you and I are very great. Uh, really lucky on that one too. Like I had had a capsular contracture very fast after the surgery, actually like three or four months after. And I dealt with it the whole six years. I was like, I'm not going under again. I can kick rocks. <laughs> like, I'm going to deal yeah. with this one being a softball and this one being soft and just deal with it. Yeah. Um, and I luckily didn't have more than one surgery. So I did have a lift when I did get the explant just because that was the oh, whole okay. reason I got them, you know, because happy boobs, sad boobs, you know, they're all happy because they're healthy now. <laughs> now they're happy. They're just small, but you know. How did you do with the lift? Because I had nothing to lift, so there was no point in that. Yeah, so um, I did fine. I really, feel, for me personally, like they didn't have to scrape anything out. So I felt it was easier than the implants, obviously, to an extent. Like, because yeah. my kids are old enough now. They were tiny babies when I got them done. So they can kind of fend for themselves, but it was still like, literally like this, like doing anything. I'm trying to put my hair up like this, you know? I couldn't believe that you were doing it by yourself because I probably couldn't even move. Yeah. Move anything. You're stuck. And then like, did you have the drains? I didn't. You didn't have drains. No. And it's kind of like, and I was freaking out about it too, because yeah. couldn't breathe you know I don't am I frozen repeat that (laughs) how do you know when you're frozen because I freeze yeah your face is like I was like she's gonna know if I make (laughs) I'm just looking at her like um okay yeah okay you were deciding about drains or not and they had told you that it wasn't fully necessary yeah so I didn't really do the guy that I was going to go to here in Raleigh which is not really here but it's like three and a half hours away from me um he did drains but I decided against him and I went to somebody in Florida and he didn't do drains and he's like if I get in there and there is a rupture or there is a leak he's like obviously I'm gonna put drains in you um Mm -hmm. and he decided against them when he got in there. So, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I, I remember talking to my doctor prior to, and he also said like, we're going to decide once we get in there. And I think it was the trauma that was caused by the scraping of the bone and the muscle cutting and everything that he's like, it's going to be a little bloody after. And I think it like the fluid does absorb into but better it not especially because I had all the particles of silicone like the micro particles in there so he was like let's just flush it out and yeah the I think for me the worst part about it was the drains though because and it's interesting that concept of like these tubes are like these fat silicone straws basically and they run like all uranus you know they run all in there like a snake and so when he went to go pull them out 
<laughs> my scar tissue, you know, being muscular, like our bodies naturally, like can, those muscles start to go and I think come together faster probably than someone who doesn't have a strong chest wall, you know? Right. So yeah. I was already day five when I got him out healing. And I remember when he went to go pull him out, like nothing happened. He's like, okay, we're going to have to actually pull. And I'm like, okay. So like I'm standing there and I'm bracing myself. And then as he starts to really pull, I just like, I can audibly hear the, like, if it sounds as if you take that like shiny plastic paper and you're going like to it and it's like, and then all of a sudden there's like a pop. And I just, I remember going, I'm not going to make it. (laughs) Just passed. I was going to say, I would have passed out. Oh yeah. And it wasn't even like, you know, by choice, just the blood, my blood pressure dropped. And then I just remember being in the chair and I was oh. Like, oh, that was fun. I was like, I have another one. Great. Here we go. That is horrible. But we that talk about that terrible. because I'm like, there's gotta be another way. <laughs> you just go through this crazy surgery where it's, it's a lot of trauma on the body. And then you're taking out a silicone product and then you're having to reintroduce silicone back into the body. I'm just like, there's gotta be something else. They can do. I have it. What I is it? Not in the first place. <laughs> because you froze, but I read your lips. Say it again. <laughs> not getting them done in the first place. Amen, sister. You know what? Talking to you ladies in this show has been so amazing to me because this process has been quite lonely for me. Like, and I'm pretty sure with you too, but I've just been like a very lone wolf type of person in general. And I don't have many female friends and finding you girls and going through this process and having you reach out to me. And then vice versa. And we just build like this almost like family and this tribe out of it has brought out this, um, ability for me to like really speak my mind on things. Cause before I was very much like I call it now like pussyfooting around, but I was, I was more like trying to be PC about things, really trying to understand, like, I don't want to piss anyone off. I don't want to make anyone think like I'm a bitch. I want to be understanding of everything. And, and even when it came to this surgery, when so many girls reached out to me, I felt like it was my duty to be like, you're going to do what you're going to do. And, you know, everyone's entitled to their, what they're going to do with their body. And that's the truth, right? It's like, I don't have a say in what anyone's going to do. But if you're coming to me and asking me what, if they, I think they should do it or not, or like they're going to do it and they just want like my opinion on it. I no longer have the wherewithal to be like, I know if it's in your heart to do it, like, just know that these are the potential things that I'm just like, don't. And if you don't want to talk about it, don't come to me because at this point it's, it's like, it's a non-negotiable because if I care about this person, even if I don't know them, I care enough to, to know what can happen to them. And I'm like, why would I ever tell them to just try it out to see how it works for them? You know, knowing what we've been through and now hearing so many other women's stories that were far worse than mine. I'm like, there's not even, it's not even a question. Like I would never tell someone to just do it. And, and it sucks because I've kind of, I've realized how it does isolate people from wanting to like, I don't want to say be friends with me, but maybe like hang out. Like, cause I have a lot of friends that have them period. Like, and they got them after I got them out even. And, and Mm -hmm. that was like a, a whoa moment. That was when I realized like, you can watch someone go through the ringer. Like I spent a solid year on what felt like my deathbed. And like some of them saw it. They didn't know that it was my boobs and I didn't know it was my boobs at that time. But then when I came out saying that it was, I don't know, I kind of thought that it would shift a perspective or like a, like, Hey, this is my close friend and they went through that. So like, maybe I should rethink it, but that just goes to show what, what the reason I'm doing this whole show and why I'm calling it bigger than boobs is like, the psychological impact that our culture has made on us to want these things, to desire a more feminine, a more cur- like whatever, like they're in right now. Okay. So like they've been in for maybe 30 years 
who knows if they're going to be out ever, or at least this idea of larger breasts. I think we're just constantly going to live in an over-sexualized society. But the idea of putting something foreign in your body, I hope to change the narrative around that. I'm hoping to change even plastic surgeons' ideas on what they're doing to women because yes, it's caused you're in the cosmetic surgery world, but you're also in that field to say, I will do no harm to people. Like as if you become a doctor, that is like, should be part of the thing you sign up for. Right. But they're knowingly and willingly putting these things in for just the fact that it's so lucrative and so easy. And they know there's like a quick turnaround for, you know, if you need a a fix and you need some new ones and then you're going to need a second set and just, it's a, you know, we know it's a multi-trillion dollar industry, but I want to change the minds of these doctors to be like, there's money in getting them out. (laughs) Like shows expensive. Um, I spent about double what I paid to get them in. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if I could tell them the business aspect of it, like not only are you healing women, so you should feel good about that, mm-hmm. but you make quite a bit more money. Yeah, it's a little bit of a more labor intensive surgery for sure. Yep. But you can sleep at night knowing that you're not potentially making a woman lose her entire Self. livelihood, herself, yeah. her sanity, her relationships and family. Think about how many things have been ruined from a woman just completely losing her. I, I don't want to say identity. I think we kind of lose our identity in our culture anyways. And it's our goal to like try to get that back. But this does, when you get them out, allow you to see yourself more and it's, you know, we, we've gone deep on what comes up when you take them out, but it is, it's a journey that I wish everyone could go on who doesn't have the surgery. It's just not an easy thing to experience. And it takes a very strong willed person to stick with it because it kind of, Yeah. You're faced with it regardless. Like you have to look at yourself. You have to go, okay, this is what we've done. Let's look at all the things and you can hide yourself from the world and also hide from yourself and everything that's coming up. I know that maybe I do a little bit more deep spiritual work and introspective work than the average person, but you're forced to, when you get that surgery, I think on a, on a, spiritual or metaphysical state like the the cutting open of that area the exposing of you know the energy now starts to move through your heart chakra and start to move through your body because implants really do block energy from even going anywhere yes. like I did this one test um, my dermatologist actually ran like a, or she's an esthetician but she has this like electro like I have to find out what it's called, but she like puts it on the skin. It's a tool. And then it, it like lights up your blood flow. Like you can see where all the blood vessels are. And mm-hmm. like when you had, Im- when I had implants, it would be like blood flow here and then they'd be like dead. And then it was like blood, like nothing was moving through this area. And it just goes to show like that's, we literally have dead things on our body and in our body. And no wonder we're just, just dead beings. All we have in order, we look like walking zombies by the end of it. And it's, it's terrible. We're like young people who have grotesquely aged on the inside, have terrible memory, brain fog. I don't know if you had all that, but wow, that was probably one of the worst parts about it. The scariest, the closer Mm -hmm. I got to, I had my, my surgery scheduled and I was like two weeks out. I was with a friend and she's also a nurse and literally she's like, do I need to bring you in? Like I couldn't form a sentence. And I was like, I'm done trying to talk. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what's going on with me. It just got worse and worse and worse. It's that was scary. what was the the scariest for me too. And I think being someone who's communicative and I think I'm kind of an intellectual if with, with some things I couldn't formulate 
a, a formal sentence to save my life. I'd be having a conversation with someone and then mid sentence, just be like, what were we talking about? Mm-hmm. And it, it freaked me out. That was when I went in for the neurological test, but I also went into like, I hid, you know, I hid myself from everyone because I was like, I think I'm dying and I don't know how to carry on in this world. And I pulled away from not just social media. I mean, I, I was really off of that, but cause I couldn't even work anymore, but my relationship. And I look back on like how the demise of that and how I was not the person that he had once like knew, you know, and he told me, he's like, you're not who I fell in love with. And whether or not that had to do with what was going on with the yeah. the mind yeah. or the body or whatever, but it was like opening, yeah. it was layers to it for sure, but it was exposing some things. And I just like started on this spiritual journey with that because I'm like, okay, if I'm dying, like I'm going to remove myself from all these people and just figure out it's like putting a cow out to pasture. I like moved out, got a shitty little apartment. It was like, I'm just going to die here with the roaches. <laughs> I'm so masochistic, but that's what it makes you feel like. I don't know any other way to explain that. Then you're like a slow death or rapidly for some people towards the end. Um, I can't imagine having kids at the time. I mean, I, I was a stepmom and that was, all my energy went into just taking care of her at the time. And then I'd sleep for like 18 hours when like she'd be gone, he'd go to work. And then I'd like pretend to be doing something when he got home, like as if I was, but I couldn't even keep my eyes open. The fatigue was so intense. I'd never experienced anything like that. And not only that during when they're still in, but talk about the detox and the waves after they're out. It's not just they're out and I'm better. It's like, so where are you at right now? Time-wise four weeks, you guys, she's only four weeks out from this. Like I'm, I don't know when I'm going to release this particular episode, but right now I'm, I'm a week away from my two year and I'm still experiencing things. And that's the truth of the detox is so much about the healing process I was open about with girls that reached out to me and I wanted to be so open. I, I said that the mental part was the worst. The spiritual part was the the hardest and the most amazing, but the physical, I, I kind of, I healed from quite quickly. You know, I felt like most of my symptoms went away right away, but the waves of things and layers that your body heals in mm-hmm. Because I, we know that like dis-ease trapped in the body, well, spiritual stuff uh, for me, it's traumas, like things that get shoved so far down that as you heal and as your physical body heals, then like more stuff bubbles up and you're like, I thought I dealt with that yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. I thought the two years of therapy helped with that. Yeah. I thought that, you know, leaving that person helped with that. I thought this, and it all surfaces and like like I was saying earlier, you can either decide to shove it back down or you can go, I'm n- I don't want to deal with this stuff ever again. So I'm going to keep my process has been like, keep going within, keep going back and fix and like removing it. And so I felt like I was coming out of the cocoon end of 2019. Cause I got the surgery March, 2019. So I felt like that whole year was very transformative for me. And 2020 was going to be my rebirth year to just like take on the world. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, boom, hit you yeah. in the face with some COVID. And it wasn't that. It was all the truths that were coming out. It was all the, the things at large that I was learning about that I had been blind to, that God was showing me like, this is some heavy shit that I'm going to call you to take on, but you're not ready to do it yet. And I wanted to, I wanted to go and like be that fighter for everything. And Mm -hmm. it sent me back down the like dark path that I needed to go back into the cocoon for. And I was like, why I was just getting out of here. And it is wild. I'm, I'm in awe of like this journey, honestly. And I'm, I wouldn't change any of it, because it's brought me to this place where I get to have these amazing relationships with people that I wouldn't have had prior to. And honestly, part of my healing has been the female 
trauma wound, you know, like I have a mom wound that's really deep and it goes to show for like the relationships with females that I've had and, or lack thereof, I would say. And it's allowed me to be, to like open my heart to having women friends and close bonds and realize that it's so important to have and that I shouldn't shun it away just because it's, it's impacted me negatively in the past or like I've been brushed off by people or whatever. But, um, it was this whole need to like prove, prove myself, be accepted, be all these things so that someone could see me. And it was like, when I realized just by being the like rawest, most vulnerable and like for me weak, but I realize now it's not really the weakness that I thought of, but being that and presenting that has actually like allowed people to see me and like connect with me when before they'd only connect with me because of the person I was presenting myself as and what they could get from me or what they could, um, get by, yeah, get by being with me or like connected to me in some way. Mm -hmm. And I did that to myself, you know, because I was a safety blanket, but now it's like the connections that happen through this, um, process of shedding all these layers has just been, so profound. And that's what I wanted to do this show for was to show people that through adversity, like obviously we don't ask for this all to happen, but now we can see why it did and that it can bring beauty out of it that in a time when we're so disconnected, we can actually realize like how much we have in common and how much we need each other and how much like we're able to be strength for each other in times that honestly, not just in the world, but like this particular surgery, I think the, the aspect of being lied to, I'll say lied to, and then going through being told that you're crazy. Like there's so much kind of, I think I make up this word, but like re-traumatization that happens that we need each other to get through it you know, and we need support systems. And especially like, I think it's amazing that you reached out to me from social media and that you had seen whether or not it was me getting them out that triggered it. Like, even if like what I did planted a seed somewhere with somebody, like that's the only reason why I wanted to put it out there, you know? And I think if, if more girls see real women like yourself being able to talk about it, they might think like, oh, what, what's my story? My story's nothing. I'm just a whatever, you know, but it's just, you can plant one seed and it's gonna. Somewhere, the more you plant, somewhere. Girl, you know, one woman's going to see it and tell a friend maybe, or mm-hmm. get that spark. Cause for me, I wish I could go back and find the girl that posted that. I have no idea even who she is. I, I think she just like, her whole page was about her celery juicing and these awesome smoothies that she made. And like, I would have never found her ever. And yet it popped up on my feed and like the whole trajectory of my life changed because I saw one post that she made about it. So as much as I want to get mad at social media at times, I also realized like, thank God we have this crazy ass platform. And if they don't shut us down, we can keep talking about boobs and keep talking about what they're doing to us. Yeah, that's the thing. So I went to so many different surgeons. You just, you keep saying like they make money off of it and they know what they're doing, but they all denied it. You know, anytime I was hesitant to always bring it up right away, I would just Mm -hmm. kind of wait. Why do you want them out? Why do you want them out? And I'm like, oh, I just don't want them. Oh, you know. Finally, I just Isn't thought- that weird that we like can't be honest about it? Because when I did, I don't know if we had talked about this prior to you going and seeing your doctors. Did I warn you that they have that reaction? Because it is something I tell girls because I said, be confident when you go in there. Because when I led with that, it was like you're shut down immediately. It's like they don't even see you as a, a candidate nope. for surgery anymore because they don't want to. Th- their whole mindset is like, I won't let someone leave my office looking worse than they came in. Cause that's worse to them, you know, like to not give this aesthetic perfection, yeah. leaving oh, their yeah. 
their practice. Yeah. The, it was always why, why, like, why wouldn't we just put new ones in that are better? So yeah, that was the, like the last one before I went to the doctor, I went to, it was like, so if something's wrong, do you want them to replace? No, I don't. I don't want anything else inside of me. I want them completely out. Um, the surgeon I went to again, prior to the one that did my surgery told me that the capsules weren't necessary to come out. They don't need to come out. Your body will reabsorb that capsule. And, you know, I was like, but ladies, if anyone hears this episode, if you take one thing from it, it's do not let a doctor keep that capsule in there. I don't care if you just had surgery a year before to get them in. Like they go, Oh, it's too thin. Like it'll just absorb get everything out because those capsules carry every micro particle that leaks from the implant and the capsule is what's holding on to it. And anything that gets into your bloodstream comes off of that capsule. So they're, they're the filter. If you leave the filter in there, that filter is going to destroy your body. And they don't work. They don't. No, No. I, I know. I remember I talked to a doctor like right after my surgery who said he removed like four capsules from a woman that's the so that's the part remember this the page on facebook you told me to go to yeah the private page yeah um there was a woman on there who had been told the same thing she'd gotten them redone three times Mm -hmm. and the doctor that finally removed them said he found three different capsules still just sitting in there under the implant And that was about 10 years later, 10 years after her her third set, but your body will absorb it. I am like, what school of medicine did you guys go to, to, to think that tissue that's filled with scars, tissue and calcium deposits and particles of silicone and 38 carcinogenic toxins are going to just nicely absorb into the system. That's what I'm saying. You're... I am a nurse. I know this is, this is a dumb moment. Like you as a doctor have to know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So you were like in that field, like when you hear a doctor say, you know, they don't actually cause that, like just immediately you just go, okay, you're trained to, to say that because it's your livelihood and your practice. That's that sacred. Do you think they like really have made themselves believe? I think that's what it is. I think they're literally believing the lies they tell. I yeah. really, I do too. Cause I had, they like looked me dead in the eye and I'm like, there's no way you're that good of a liar. Like dead face, eight surgeons. My ninth yeah. was the one I went with, but I was so disheartened by all them, let, let alone the disgusting practices some of them have by like how in which they were touching me to see if like there was something wrong with them that we could fix. I, I, by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm just going to leave them in and I don't want to have anything. I don't care. Like I'll just whittle away and in my corner over here, but it was, it made me think like, this is where shit started to come up even before the surgery was like, such a new perspective when you go into the doctors, when you're getting them out, then when you're so excited to go get them in and they tell you all these things and you're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. That sounds cool. Let's do it. But you're going in and they're telling you all these things and you've already done your own research. You've been with other advocates. You know what your list is. You know what you're going in for. It's such a different mindset. And then they bold face tell you nothing about these has caused any of that. And we could put new ones in and you're not going to like, I mean, at least let's go off the things I was told. You're not going to like the way you look. You're going to be deformed. No one's going to love you. (laughs) I was like, whoa, where did this come from? (laughs) Like, I felt like I was going to war with these guys. I'm like, I'm paying you. I don't understand. And, but I really think they have learned to believe that because it allows them to continue doing something that is harming women by the hundreds of thousands hundreds of thousands. And, you know, I know it's cliche to call them like ticking time bombs, but honestly, like, yeah, someone can be fine for like 30 years, but that's amazing that they have been. And, you know, fine is relative. (laughs) They probably don't know what's really going on. That's exactly right. That's the question I get. So you had them for six and a half years and you just got sick out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. You just got sick. How'd you know? 
I, I don't know how to explain it. I just knew, yep. you know? And that's the hardest thing about explaining it to people and, and why this community is so awesome is because we all go by the, once you know, you know, Yeah, it's, I know people talk about that with like relationships or men. I've never felt. That. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there today, <laughs> but, and when it comes to our bodies, that's the one thing that innately is in us. And when, especially when you get them out, I was overwhelmed with this, like, I was, I think I was still high from anesthesia. And I think I have the recording of it in the YouTube that I did. It was like, I was waking up and, and my doctor was next to me and I like grabbed his hand. I was high as a kite, but I was like, you saved my life. Like, I'm going to be better. Like I knew yeah, hands down, this was what was doing it to me. And I knew I was going to be better. And I, that's just a that was a knowing, not a feeling. I just, I, I knew I had made the right decision. Um, not something you can explain how that, that happens, you know, and especially like when I knew I needed to get them out, I was battling the demons that told me like, just deal with it. You like them. You like your body with them. You know what life was like before them, Tamara. You know how you felt about yourself before them. You're dealing with those demons that are telling you not to get them out. But the one telling you to get them out, you know for a fact that that's what you need to do. And so reconciling those two voices was my hardest thing. But I did it. I made the appointment because I'm like, I, I think I made like four days after that I met that doctor and I just, I was like, I'm doing it. I will fight these voices in my head all the way up until the second I go under, but I'm doing it. And I, that's why I give mad props to every woman who decides to do it because it's not just about removing the boobs and going flat. It's about every single thing that caused you to want to get them in the first place and what you're facing taking them out again. And maybe a lot of women have done the internal self-improvement spiritual journey walk while having boobs so that when they get them out, it's like a, a whatever thing. And I commend that. And I think that's an incredible thing. But for, I think the majority of us, it's so much more healing and the layer effect I think that happens. And, and I think that's why like getting them out is such a huge advocacy thing for me because if it was just about the boobs, I would say it once a year, maybe twice a year and tell women not to get them, maybe put a a highlight thing up there and be like, boobs, no, don't need them. But I think it's such a major thing for our generation and for the next generation to be taught that the things that we have been programmed to believe about ourselves are a lie. And in order to fight those, those demons, it's like a daily battle against the adversary, just throwing all that messaging at us and it's constant. So I'd be, I, I'm, I'd be doing a disservice to the girls that look to me, the page that I now know I didn't build. God was like, I'm going to give you a page so that you can be this voice for this thing that you're going to have to go through. And, you know, I never saw that coming, but now I'm like, I have to be like the face for this because it's not just the tits. It's, everything. It's everything that we thought about ourselves, everything we were led to believe about who we were and who we should be in this world. And it's bullshit and it sucks. And it's like, if we can band together about this and talk about it, we can also change the way women raise their daughters, how men raise their daughters, how men see their women. I think that's a huge one. Like I can't wait to talk to some men about this that have reached out to me to talk about their like wives or girlfriends going through it. Cause I think that perspective is so unique um, mm-hmm. in that, as we know, like being in part of that group, there's a lot of women who are afraid to get them out because their men were who asked them to get them in, you know? Or yeah. are like, but I like them. Mm-hmm. What are you aren't you, what are you gonna look like after? Yeah. Yeah. And it's this huge, like, I mean, of course, like a lot of women would be like, leave him. It's like stupid, but it's not that 
it's not that easy. We're so conditioned and we're afraid to be rejected. We're, I mean, why else do you think we get them? I think it's a fallacy when this is another part of me learning that it's okay to be a little bit of a bitch because this is what my stance is on it. Like anyone who says like I'm getting them for me, it's not actually for you. It's for the whole lifetime of programming that you have in your head that tells you that you need them. Mm-hmm. Like you can say all you want that you're doing it for If I wore makeup for me, that wouldn't make any sense. Like I would, I wear it so that I could portray myself a certain way to people like, cause it makes me feel like I can be a little bit more confident, but I'm going to yeah. say that because, like, cause I know it. And on the days that I don't, I'm like, all right, they're probably looking at the giant pimple eye on my face, but like, it just is what it is. But in the same way, like, it's okay to admit that you're getting them because of X, Y, and Z, but it's like, we have to actually look at that. And I think we're so afraid to look at the why in which we do things to ourselves that are drastic like that. And that can't be, well, they could be reversed, but that are, you know, invasive in that way. And we're in a culture that promotes that being just a very easy, common, like get it done for your graduation type of thing now, you know? So women like you are doing the work to be able to stop this generational thing. You know, I'm not going to say like it's a a curse put on us, but you know, we're in, we're in the time when, um, you're daughter will grow up on social media. I mean, unless something changes, unless the platform just disappears, like that's the world they're going to be inundated with. And as much as we thought we were bad having like magazines and television, like, you know, they just see it. I know (laughs) just blindfold the rest of her life, (laughs) but it's going to take the modeling of who you are. And that's why I know I'm so grateful to like see women doing it the way you're doing it and being open about it and just carrying yourself with such authenticity and vulnerability. And like, I can't wait to see where just this new you takes you. I hope to like continue our relationship. Absolutely. I want to know like what you're going through and check in, you know, and hopefully do maybe another one of these when you're a little further out, but you guys like four weeks out, I feel like (laughs) you're like, wow, I'm healthy and this feels amazing. But like all this other stuff didn't know it was going to be. No, that's why why I think a lot of women probably don't. They're afraid not only to get them out in their appearance, but emotionally, mentally, it is such a roller coaster and I cannot stress that enough. Like, um, it's what just, would you say to a woman that's thinking about getting them out knows she probably should, but doesn't have like, doesn't think she has the mental capacity, emotional capacity to handle the, the journey, the process. Like, I know you're in the thick of it. So I wonder like, where you're at in terms of what you would say to someone. I mean, I would just say it's worth it. I know it looks like a tall mountain and you can't climb, but you have to, and you'll get to the top and you will. It's like, we don't have another choice. It is a hundred percent worth it. Mm -hmm. Cause do you want to live your life feeling dead or do you want to live it and feel every bit of it and just know that you can reach out a hand and there will be someone there. She might not be in your town, although there probably is a people in every town if we really spread this thing out wide, which we're going to do. But like there's people online. We have people like Kelsey. We have people like myself. There's thousands of us now. So I would say like if you have any inkling of feeling like you can't do this process after to like reach out, even if it's not in your nature to do it. That's what Mm -hmm. I urge people to do is find someone, even if it's one person to talk about it through. Like, I hope that, you know, me even having conversations with you via DM, like prior to like, just, I know I was really real about a lot of things and I probably scared you about a lot of it, but I thought like, let me just tell her everything so that she, there's no surprises. Mm -hmm. 
No, I, you are in my highlight for a reason. You are a huge shoulder that I, no pun intended, although your shoulders are nice, but you are a shoulder that I leaned on and I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful that you responded and all of that. I'm so grateful. And you guys, so feel free, can I say, to reach out to you if there's a woman that needs to. So we'll put her uh, links down below in the video, but um, tell them how they can contact you for those listening. Oh, like now, just say it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. this is why I loved her. <laughs> she said, "Are you frozen again?" <laughs> I don't know. Am I? So no. it's, my Instagram is Kelsey K E L S I E underscore Joe J O underscore. That's how I would be reached. Okay. So you guys can DM her if you have questions. Do not reach out to her on some creepy stuff, please. I will hunt you down. Um, No, this is a very safe zone. And we're just doing this to try to get rid of the myths around these boobies and break the silence and be able to spread the message of healing and tribe and community. And you guys have people to help you. There's resources. We're here. And just thank you so much for being a part of this part of my journey and hopefully some other women that hear it. So I appreciate you and I can't wait to hear just how things are going as we progress longer. You have a lifelong friend in me, girl. I appreciate that very much. Yes. Well, I can't wait to be further along too. Yes. Um, and we will meet in person. That- my goal is to meet each one of you guys in person. Yes, I told you I'm coming. I know. Come and have a a hike with me and Dawn. All right, girl. Have a great night. Kiss your babies for me, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye, love. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We'd love to hear from you, so please rate and review this podcast, and we'll catch you guys on the next episode of All Day Radio.